0: Welcome to Growlix Nights, the Grolux podcast live show. I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jesse. And this is our Halloween
1: show. <laughs> oh, spooky.
0: This is maybe our least Halloween Halloween show.
1: <laughs>
0: is that oh. a spider? There's a spider. A spider.
1: Whoa. That was
0: Halloween. Spider buggy? Ma- maybe, uh,
2: maybe it's not a spider. I don't know. They're tiny.
0: <laughs> I... I don't track. I lo- you got, I'm lost right off the bat. Hey, that's going to be the episode. Matt D, what's going on? He says, now that's sexy. Again, for audio yeah. listeners, check out the live stream to see why we're always talking about saxophones.
1: Why are we always talking about saxophones?
0: Because the music has saxophone. Yeah. Our intro music on the live streams has uh, saxophone. I do
1: that. I but on the
0: audio version, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, I,
1: no, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a Creative Commons clip the saxophone mm-hmm. and i don't want to remember to, attri- to attribute it every episode in the show notes i will oh. forget so i just don't use that version turner what's going on paul hey what's up uh so what what's happening tonight is uh our monster of the week segment has all been building to this <laughs> what a weak premise <laughs> it's such a weak premise for doing a nicholas cage so really what this is this is this is cage match round two we've done a cage match before uh, and this is Nicolas Cage. Nicholas Cage is the monster of the week. Disclaimer, we don't think he's a monster unless you're talking about his monstrous acting talent. <laughs> he went to yeah. Juilliard! I feel like every, every movie could end with him being like, that's acting, sucker! For real, for real.
2: Dude, him and David Harbour in the same movie? Oh, it would
0: be amazing. Okay, make it so, please. Yeah. Oh, Maddie D, we're too sexy by far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm too sexy for this hoodie.
1: I know what? I think sex, I think saxophones are sexy. And I totally wanted to learn to play one when I was little, but I didn't get to it. I
0: feel like it's a weird... I don't know. I kind of feel like our generation obviously, generalization here, has a weird view of the saxophone because it's been made the punchline in so many like shows and stuff, in a way. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is, I don't know. I think the fact that everybody's like it's the sexiest instrument, and then you look at it and you're like, it's just curvy metal. <laughs> like it's
1: it's, it's not different. the it's not the shape of it, it's the sound that it makes.
0: That's right. even stranger to me. Really? I don't know. It seems really easy though, because it's used for oh, you hear the saxophone music. Oh yeah. Wow. It's like the wah guitar. You only <laughs> hear that in a certain context. So
2: is like Kenny, isn't Kenny G a saxophone player? What does he play? Like Obo? a baritone. No, it, no it's, it's not. it's not something. even like a real saxophone, is it? It's like a clarinet. Yeah, it's
0: like a yeah. Paul says Cage versus Defoe, the real face off. Whoa. Can you imagine <laughs> letting <laughs> you like, okay, William Defoe, swing for the fences, Nicolas Cage, tone it back and just have them go insane at each
1: other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, the faces? Just the faces. No kidding. I mean, that's what he's getting at, but the faces. You could
0: call it Meme the Movie because every frame. (laughs) (laughs) Not not
2: face off,
1: meme off.
0: Meme off. It
2: sounds Russian, but it's better.
0: (laughs) All right. Let me real quick, guys, do my uh, pimpage, but my Mm -hmm. behind-the-scenes pimpage. Uh, has anybody been watching anything other than what we're going to talk about tonight?
1: Um, we, you and I, watched another episode of Love, Lovecraft Country.
0: Oh, yeah, I think we've Just watched a mother. few. We are caught up to, the current. I don't know how many episodes there are in the season. I don't know if the season's over, but we're one behind as far as I know. There's There was one left uh, mm. as of last night.
1: Yeah, still interesting. It's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Oh, can I talk about a little bit? I mean, if, unless you have something to say, Jesse. Well, uh, hold no, on.
0: Really, I want to jump in on anything. Okay. I want to jump in on Lovecraft real quick. Okay. Um, I like it way more now. Like at first yeah. I was really on the fence because the pacing seemed weird. Um, It's not even that, that issue, that aspect of it isn't that noticeable to me now. Maybe it's because it's gotten more into... The episodes seem to focus more on the central plot. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least the central plot seems more evident. But I really the these last few episodes, mm-hmm. I'm loving it because it's insane. Mm-hmm. It goes off the wall. Okay, so it's got the horror thing, of course, but it's also kind of went full sci fi. Yeah. It it's done time travel really well. It mm-hmm. like nailed an aspect of time travel that uh that i like in this last episode we watched and mm. it's great it did multi-dimensional travel yes yeah. it went insane yes yeah. it's, it's pretty cool indiana Sounds jones cool. <laughs> adventure. <laughs> little, like there's an adventuring uh, episode it's
2: uh, <laughs> straight that's digging straight. into the pulp roots right there
1: It's like straight spaceman at one point spaceman on some weird planet, like smelling the flowers. I don't know what they're doing, but it's like
0: (laughs) forties, fifties comic book space where like the lady has a dress, uh, like a skirt. That's just the rings that like, Uh like think of old fifties. Yeah. yeah. Cartoonies sci-fi art. It totally that it's like, Okay in this like <laughs> horror themed show that cent- centers on uh you know living in a very well living in America yeah, anytime but in the past it, and dealing with racial issues but also like multidimensional travel and monsters and spells and like everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. You continue. I I'll go back to my behind the scenes stuff.
1: Yeah, you go to your vintage. Um the other thing I wanted to bring up real quick because I I know we don't haven't been talking about it lately, but I finished a comic, um, nameless, which I, I st- actually started reading like years ago, uh, but then I never finished it, and then I finally like actually reread what I hadn't read, and then got the rest. And it Lovecraft Country reminds me of it because it goes a little bit everywhere. I will recommend it, but I don't know what actually happened in it, and I kind of love that. Like it. Could have been several different scenarios that happened that were all happening at the same time, waving back and forth through like, I don't even know if it was supposed to be reality or a dream, but it, it was very interesting and it was very pretty. Well, not pretty. It was gory a lot, but it was very nice. It was still nice to look at, even though it was gory. So I want to recommend that. Nameless was, was great. If you get a chance. And you're into that kind of weird stuff. I'm
2: pretty sure I bought a Checked humble down. bundle with that in it.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, it's surprising. Well. It was, I think, it came from Image Comics, and it was a uh, it written by Grant Morrison, and the art was uh, Chris Burnham. So yeah, I think just really- throwing that out there because both of those were creators that. Yeah, I've never finished it either. It's only it was six issue, mini series or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out quite a while ago, but I think it was short shortly after or around the time Chris Burnham was doing some Batman stuff. Maybe it was Batman and Robin, and I was really digging his kind of strange style, where it's kind of ugly but also kind of good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, sorry,
0: you you got so many things that I have to chime in on. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. all good.
1: Well, it had caught. I'm like, I I read it. I read the like physical copies that I bought because it, it caught my attention and it was good. And then, and then we just stopped by like look- going to the store basically. Um, yeah. So, so I finally like cajoled Randy into like looking it up and downloading it for me. Um, and so then I read it. And so I just wanted to share that.
0: Somebody read a comic book on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually have been
2: reading uh, comics, but um like, uh, was it Ryan Kroboth is an independent comic creator and uh, he's been putting out his book, The Sunmaker, and I've been following along with that. And I just uh, reread uh, chapter two uh, and chapter three will be the final issue. So that's exciting. Uh, but this is, you know, like, look up Ryan Kroboth. He's he's a he's an excellent independent creator. How would so you there tell- we go. Independent oh. Creator Club Club or Plug or both.
1: Yes. How do you spell that last name? Do you know?
2: With a K. Okay. K-R-O-B-O-T-H, <laughs> I believe. Croboth.
1: Thank you. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm
2: wrong, I'm <laughs> wrong.
0: Catching <laughs> up on comments, comments here, Matt, Maddie D had said, Meme off sounds like something with two grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. it really does it really does uh paul said he was he's right now watching the blob with the head on fx a blob with the
1: head
0: the blob with the head
1: with the head not even
0: the head head of fx on them okay i don't know what he said uh savannah hi savannah she was making grilled cheese sandwiches maddie d said last week after last week's talk about uncharted he watched uh, Temple of the Doom with the kids, finally introduced them to Dr. Jones. No um, time
2: for love, Matt. Dr. Jones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Savannah's reading 1984 for the first time. Yeah. Maddie D said comics because we know, Matt. We know.
1: Yeah, Matt, sorry.
0: Matt came to our show after hearing about us on uh, comics with my dad. Matt is a comics guy. So I'm sure like I'm glad, Matt, that you've stuck with us through our Not comics, our weird
2: 2020 phase, 2020, (laughs) dude. That is right, it's been longer than 2020, but still,
0: in a way, this is only 100% appropriate, right? (laughs) This show is right now. Episode Uh, 100.
2: Speaking of which, oh oh no, oh no, you did it. It's been a
0: year, (laughs) episode 99 (laughs) came out a year ago, it was a Halloween episode.
2: We've been subtly nodding at it too. Just like here and there, sprinkle little stuff uh, in there. Like even the doppelganger episode. Yeah. You yeah. didn't know. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Ryan, Ryan Kroboth. I did spell it right. And he's got his own website. That is basically just his name, which I spelled earlier. Dot com. Cool. So check him out. Thank you. He's a nice guy.
0: Uh, and a great creator. I'm sorry no I was trying to think if there's anything else I'd watched but really I haven't been watching too much too many TV shows outside of whatever I've been watching with Melanie wasn't there something we started we finished Bly Manor we talked about that last week I think Mm. I felt like there was something we started but maybe not. Did you
2: guys watch Borat because Savannah did
0: Savannah no I forgot that's 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 out the new Borat yeah I kind of want to rewatch the first one because it's been I've seen it once years ago Mm. right but I no, I I kind of do want to watch the. New I
2: ones. do, I do too. I have, I haven't even seen the first one because I thought the premise was like, vaguely, racist. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's a little, uh, it's a little. Uh, but it like, is. I don't know.
1: I, I don't think I can watch that. But I don't think I can watch those.
0: Sasha Baron Cohen. He, well, he does that thing though, uh, Jesse. Where I I feel like, with
2: well, the jokes not really on the country of origin here, the
0: jokes on us. So right. it's yeah, super edgy it, and yeah. offensive, but also like that he makes that kind of the point. And so then he can get away with it. Right. Um, mm. Okay. Which is fun- yeah, it's it's weird. funny
2: because Kazakhstan has actually like embraced it. <laughs> <laughs> like originally they were just like, no, this Kazakhstan is beautiful. It's amazing. Oh, and right. then, uh, then they just like, kind of like, well, all right, you know, can't beat them. Join them.
1: It's also the best place to start, uh, in, Plague Inc. If you want to destroy humanity.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: good place to start.
0: Well, all right. Just so yeah. You know. uh, Savannah said Borat is amazing, and Maddie D says shots fired. I don't care for Sasha Baron Cohen. I, I mean,
1: think, really,
2: I think Borat's his best character, but.
1: I don't know. I kind of feel like he's a Tom Green to me, and I don't care for that. But I don't know if that's accurate or not. A little,
0: I mean, kind of, it feels like a Tom Green, but mm-hmm. there's a little bit more intelligent intent behind it, behind mm-hmm. other than just wacky Grab have this dead bird
1: for me. Ugh. I yeah. never watched Borat because he felt like a Tom Green to me, and I can't stand Tom Green. So I just, I've never, I have really have ne- had not had any exposure to it other than other people talking about it.
0: All right. All right, Maddie D, go put the kids to bed. Uh, Savannah says, I prefer Sasha's wife, Is- Isla. Isla uh, over a- Wait, what? Okay, I- Isla. There must be like a recasting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand that comment. <laughs> Moving on. I shouldn't have started reading that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Lois Lane down with Lois Lane.
0: Uh, Jesse, did you have others? Did you watch? Have you been watching anything?
2: No, it's uh, I basically have been reading you know, like the Ryan Kroboth comic. And then uh, one thing that I will throw just throw out there is that I recently just fired up. um, It's the doctor who 10th doctor adventures, volume three for big finish surprise, surprise, big finish Um, volume two had Billy Piper come back. So we had, you know, 10th doctor with Rose, but this is again, returning to Donna and, I haven't gotten very far into it, but it's incredible. Like they just jump right into it. Donna and the doctor on a reality show where they take a, where they take a house and that's maybe haunted and flip it. And not only, not only is it Donna and the doctor who are pretending to be married in this, in this adventure, but also Donna's mom and Wilford and i had forgotten that they were in this and so like just like the first 10 minutes cuz i i'm not very far into it I'm maybe 20 minutes into the story but i was just like man this feels like pitch perfect this is perfect
0: it sounds uh, amazing so i'm kind of
2: <laughs> rationing it i'm kind of rationing it because it's like this is too good to speed through because they just jump right in they jump right into this whole thing where they're married and it's the doctor and donna like <laughs> like pretending they're in love and just mm-hmm. like, just, you know, nudging each other with it. Like, um, mm-hmm. was it like Donna's going to leave the room? And he's like, ah, 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 not until you pay the love toll <laughs> Just a <laughs> peck on the cheek. And I just thought, Oh, this is what I missed from Dr. Who. This is what I've missed. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe the 13th doctor will give us moments like this, but, um, Right now, I miss it.
0: Mm-hmm. I know we say it a lot. We praise them, but h- how good is Big Finish, man? Like, yeah. how many Finish other shows so have something like a Big Finish? I mean, well, other than other shows that Big Finish produces audio drama of, right? But, yeah, how many other shows have a thing like Big Finish? Uh, mm-hmm. at, the, at, at the most, you can look. I mean, wait twenty years and get like a Star Trek per card or something like that, or maybe the right. random one-off movie, but to have continuing adventures that pick up like characters from 50 plus years, you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Right. With yeah. the actual And, and of doctors, possible.
2: doctors who are arguably like, you know, not beloved, you know, and then right. take yeah. them to a whole new stratosphere of quality.
0: Well, yeah. you've, t- you've talked about it before and I've heard about it a lot of places, but like, um, the sixth doctor,
2: the sixth doctor. He's my favorite. He's my favorite big Finish doctor.
0: If you look at like Hands his down. overall work, what hap- what he is in the show isn't really representative of his doctor at all. No, because he's evolved so much in the audio. We've <laughs> talked about this a lot. I know, but yeah. yeah, it's just interesting to me or, or Paul McGann, like yep, a, a, one American produced TV movie. That could be that entire that's much- career on audio. Yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. crazy weird career. Like uh, his or as 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 the doctor, I mean weird his stuff is wild. He oftentimes it seems like they like to throw him in some bizarre things. I've listened to some weird audio dramas with him.
2: For for sure. Like his his adventures have kind of balanced out. Like his new stuff feels like very much modern Doctor Who, but like the Zagreus stuff, you know, like the multiple universes and yeah, it gets weird.
0: And a lot of people have said it, but I'm sure BBC just doesn't want to move backwards. They want to move forwards. But what a mistake it is not picking him up for some type of modern who series or spinoff or like a reoccurring character of the doctor in doctor who, you know, he doesn't right. have to be the main doctor of the series, but he's young enough. Like, why not? Why They not? tried
2: to, they tried to have a spinoff. They tried to go with what was it? class didn't work. Right. So right. have an old doctor bring an old doctor back that didn't get a shot, mm-hmm. and he's still young enough to do like an old mm-hmm. version of his doctor. You know, yeah. I mean,
0: he looks older, but it's not like pretty much any of the doctors before him where it's like significantly older, or they're just not acting anymore.
1: Well, and one of the things that I've always it's always been weird to me. I'm like, okay, this guy's a a, a time traveler. So why couldn't he meet a gentleman, in, you know, in his future? Or, or to us, what to us is his future or whatever, that he couldn't try to make himself be in one of his whatever's because just because we only see him with him in the future doesn't mean he never passes through there because I'm sure he does at some point. I mean, he's got to have crossed his own path over and over and over right. and, and randomly rendered this person who was like, oh, hey, I know you in their younger days or something. Right. You know what I mean?
2: So, we always see we always see backwards, but it would be fun to throw in yeah. a future doctor and we don't know it.
1: Yeah,
0: and they don't make a big deal of it.
2: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's just he's just a character and he's cagey, he's weird, but
0: mm-hmm. they've kind of hinted at something like that or, or done storylines like that, but then it turns out to be like, oh, it's not. You know, yeah, the, he next had doctor, the doctor's memories yeah. imprinted in him or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But something that would be Melanie's idea gave like inspired it'd be cool to do something to where um, they cast McGann as a guest character in an episode, but not necessarily as the doctor. Ooh, they could,
2: they could go all curator with him.
0: Yeah. Kind of because they've since doctor who has been prone to reusing actors in different roles sometimes, for example, Capaldi. And they mm-hmm. even kind of allude to like, I know this face. Why do I know this face? Be- well, because as the 10th doctor or whatever you see, him yeah that person before
1: mm-hmm. so uh,
0: there was some subconscious thing where he chose that image
1: well that's what i was that's what okay. i was that, yeah 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 something yeah, like no, that.
0: that'd be great yeah. and then just i don't know set up somehow it's like well i don't know yeah, anyway we listen it was we, it
2: was the anniversary of that scene that you're referencing and i so i rewatched it and i was like whoa you know <laughs> like oh it was a great God. scene anyways but i haven't like gone back and rewatched it because like the character of, was it me or whatever? I, I wasn't too in love with her, but that initial episode, that first part of the two-parter, whoa, pretty good stuff.
0: Um, Okay. I suppose we should move on.
2: Yeah.
0: We should. Oh, no, we should definitely move on. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've lost everybody. It was a Nicolas
2: Cage episode, and we talked about Doctor Who for a good 20 minutes. Sorry. Maybe
0: not. Maybe not. Okay. Who wants to start? I want to go after Melanie. Um but well, which of you what?
1: I, if you're gonna go after me, should you not go directly after me? Yeah.
0: Okay, okay so what I'm asking is you or Jesse, who's going first? Oh. Um fight it out. It's a cage
1: match. Just <laughs> you go ahead and go first. How's that?
2: All right. Yeah, I don't know that I've started so or if oh, I have it, it's really? been a while. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. It's been a while. Yeah. Um okay, so let me pull up my notes real quick i am talking tonight about pay the ghost which which i didn't find out until i uh, watched it is actually on screen rants nicholas cage's 10 worst movies list Ooh. uh it's like number 9 it's number 9 on the on the worst list but uh i don't know i i kind of enjoyed it so i mean number 9 on the worst list is better than number 1 on the worst uh, the idea behind the movie is that it's Nicolas Cage, who is a college professor, or at least he's like working towards his tenure, which would make him a professor. And uh, it's Halloween. So like, like this, Ooh. this movie, like that's, that's what sold it for me. I was like, first of all, yeah. it happens on Halloween. And then as we get going, I'm like, oh my God, this, this Nicolas Cage is like a nice little hat trick to end this, uh, this monster of the week thing, because it's, it's Nicholas cage. Mm -hmm. It's on Halloween. Mm -hmm. It features a witch. Mm -hmm. It features creepy kids. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all sorts of stuff, craziness going on. So it's Halloween night. Um, he gets some good news. He's going to be tenured. So, uh, He's going. They're going trick or treating, and then he meets up with his son, and he's like, "All right, son, I'm going to take you to the carnival." And then what should happen at the carnival? But his son disappears, just straight up disappears. Like he's holding the kid's hand, and the kid disappears. I don't know why. Well, it's 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 ghost shenanigans. It's ghost witch, creepy kids shenanigans, and Nicolas Cage. It's all in this. It's all in the same movie. It's. It's good, and and so like this is and and they seed it with the last thing that the kid says is, yeah. "Dad, can we pay the ghost?" Yeah, and, the, and then he's like, "I don't know, I'm buying the ice cream, kid." And then he's like, "But he's <laughs> trying to pay for this ice cream," and the kid's gone. Kid's just gone, and he so he goes full caged looking for the kid. Like that's the that's the beauty of this character. This is this is Chevy. Nick Cage like Mm -hmm. he just shoves people he's just like where's my son shove you where's my son shove you just shoving Mm -hmm. people just left and right boom 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 boom. shoving people Um, because that'll get you what you want yells at (laughs) cops like where's my kid we just found out you just told us so all that kind of stuff Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) they have this whole like estranged love issue type of thing uh with his wife because his wife automatically blames him just automatically blames him why Mm. couldn't you take care of our son you lost our son how could you lose our son in a carnival in new york
1: how could you (laughs) to be be honest to be honest though i think it's that's a pretty common thing to happen when one parent loses a child i mean
2: i mean uh, no i mean i get it like yeah. What do you do? You're helpless in this matter because you weren't even there. So, what? Mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. But it was just like such a quick, like just automatic response. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it was believable. Maybe it wasn't. I couldn't tell. Um, I was just like, man, this escalated quickly. Um, yeah. So then they just like flash forward a year and all this time, all this time, like there's just creepy little things happening leading up to it. The kid is like noticing vultures and stuff flying around like vultures in New York. Yeah, of course. And then he, he's seeing like the ghost out of his window kind of thing. And he's like, there's something outside my window, dad, did you check? And so he, you know, he looks, I don't see anything, son. It's fine. And then we, then we go to a carnival on, on Halloween night, kid disappears. And so like, just flash forward one year later nicholas cage is looking for his son still looking for his son not living with his wife anymore kind of gone full nick cage you know like he's got like a crazy like board with pins and and strings and you know like oh yeah newspaper clippings and everything and he's like like every week he goes to the police department and he's like where's my son and you cops are lazy (laughs) Like he even busts that nugget out and then the cops like, whoa, 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 we're not lazy. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so like he keeps seeing glimmers of his son, like just out of the corner of his eye, or like there's his son on the bus or whatever. And uh of course, of course, it all ties back to an old Celtic witch <laughs> <laughs> who steals Ooh. children on Halloween night. And, uh and I don't I like I don't want to just like ruin the rest of the plot for you but like there is an absolute supernatural element to it um he has to face down this this yeah there there's the witch right there if you're watching the video version here um yeah she steals three children on Halloween's na- Halloween night every year and uh
1: so is she and, like a crappier pennywise
2: he, kind of I guess yeah like like without like any kind of specifics or backstory just like yanks random kids um Mm -hmm. she she has a backstory which you should watch the movie to get more more details on Mm because that's part of the fun i mean like it's a it's a fun movie it's definitely got some full nick cage moments in it um Mm -hmm. i can understand why it's on the top 10 worst nick cage movies because it's not like a great movie but Mm -hmm. also it was entertaining it was entertaining. Yeah. I mean, you can you can see uh, even on the movie um, or org.org that it, it gets like a fifty-three percent rating. So that's better than half, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean you already know right. you're getting a Nicolas Cage movie right there. Um yeah, I would recommend it. Okay. It's it's fun-ish. I would recommend mm-hmm. it if you're ready for the Nick Cage-ness, because That's why you come for this kind of movie. And it's, it's, it plays it fast and loose with some, some Celtic myths where I'm like, okay, that's bull, but okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, what else, what else to say about this movie? Uh, Paul
0: says it's the season of the witch, but now is he referencing because there is a Nick cage movie. I almost watched it, but it wasn't handily available called the season of the witch.
1: Is it really? Yeah. That's hilarious because I don't know if you guys remember, but at some point I did a review for season of the witch. I'm like, this is an old one though. And I'm like, it's like wicker man only better. And so the fact that he did both of those movies is hilarious to me. Okay. Sorry. Go on.
2: I mean, I think that's it. Um, But I mean, there is like, so, so what this movie does have going for it, which isn't really a spoiler, is because this witch like steals children. There's yeah. some great images of just creepy kids. So I, yeah. I kind of alluded to that before. Like the creepy kid angle, really good. The witch, legit creepy looking and scary. Um, Nicolas Cage, definitely wooden acting. And then over the top acting, like you get both versions of Cage, which, yeah. which I mean, you'd be disappointed if you didn't. You get you get you get national treasure, and you get um, I don't know, just yelling and shoving people. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's fun if you're if you're up for it, but if you're not up for it, totally understand. And you could give this a pass. You could live your life without watching this movie. But yeah. I'm glad I did.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: I watched trailer. And actually, that it looked interesting to me, but you know, trailers are made for that purpose. So exactly, yeah.
0: I, I remember being very intrigued when it first, when the trailer first came out. I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be an unhinged. That's every Nick Cage movie. You're like, right? Oh, yeah. he looks super unhinged. <laughs> and no, I'm normal, boring, until I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have more to say about Nick Cage. I've, I've had some realizations about Nick Cage with my viewing of the movie we'll, we'll talk about momentarily. Um mm-hmm. Oh really? Observations about Nick Cage.
2: You know what this what the you know like we we drew this connection. I think we drew this connection last week actually. Um but this further's my 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 theory here that Nicolas Cage will eventually become something akin to Christopher Walken because right he felt in this movie very much like Christopher Walken felt in the dead zone mm. in the dead zone, Nicholas or Christopher Walken. See, I'm already getting them mixed up. Mm. Christopher Walken is like young and almost, almost sexy in a Christopher Walken way. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he plays a. You know, I don't know.
0: Well, um, I mean, there's definitely movies where I know what you're talking about because yeah. I mean, he's Christopher, Christopher Walken. So it, I'd be, it's hard to imagine considering him that sexy, but he definitely, there's certain roles where he plays sexy. He plays right. it. Like he's sexy. as so, <sighs> and, it, and it works to varying degrees. It's like anytime Jeff Goldblum plays sexy. Yeah. Like in yeah. L- large parts of the fly or even Jurassic park, he plays it up like, Oh, and it's like, yeah, but it's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this weird? working?
2: Is this working for anyone? Maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know so i mean it's a, it's the same kind of deal like it's uh he plays a college professor he's kind of in his prime and uh and then he snaps from kind of normal or or at least like the wacky professor to like creepy like oh man is this guy unhinged i don't know mm-hmm. so it was like man i could really see this eventually Nicolas cage is just gonna be christopher walken he's just yeah. one, one of those working actors that's just like man i'll i'll work i'll just
0: work whatever what's the role all right i can do that but i'm gonna be me oh Nicolas cage to the max that guy just takes i don't d- does he just take anything he's been in- I, it kind of looks like it now you know
1: yeah i mean he's got dinosaur heads to be for
0: you're right, <laughs> that's, no, right. that's right yeah he's got I mean, very strange collector habits.
1: And I understand if I if I became rich and famous for some reason, that's what I would do too. I mean, who wouldn't buy a dinosaur head? You know? And you gotta pay for that. So you gotta take whatever you get.
0: (laughs) Right. And I think he owed a bunch of taxes or something at one point. Yeah. He owed a bunch of money at one point when he was I mean, if you look at his filmography, when is he not? But he was really pumping out a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while and I think it's because he owed money because yeah he would do he'd buy a castle and dinosaur skulls and he, had, <laughs> he, he has or had uh, apparently a in, an insane comic book collection he's a comic book collector and he's got a massive collection with I, I think he had Superman number one at one point or something I don't know but like crazy super expensive books
1: yeah and, and in the apocalypse we can use this to stay warm that's so you say couch. every
0: time we talk about collecting because
1: it's true i don't understand it okay
0: i mean <laughs> i know, that's how
1: I know. This stayed
2: warm in world war ii wasn't
0: it i i've <laughs> i've stopped buying comics and i
1: feel kind of yeah. bad about it but also like you were buying too many that's your but it was an issue you were I, you were, you were like everything batman i'll get it all and you got to be like you know what this was a masterpiece i'll get this and but you it.
0: don't know it's gonna be a masterpiece until That's you read it. That's why you wait
1: until 10 yeah. or 20 years after it comes out. And before, then you read it. And you know it.
0: You buy it, the physical copy, you put it in a plastic sleeve, and then you read it everything digital. Which <laughs> is <was just laughs> really what I was doing.
1: Yeah. Eh, you gotta support.
0: Cool. Um,
1: yeah, I know, I know. That's true. Okay, let's talk about this movie.
0: Cage. I'm sorry, Cage has a car in his living room. That's what Paul says. Paul's our, our use
2: from. it as like a coffee table? That's a weird coffee table.
0: It's on blocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's on
2: it. you know Is it gone in 60 seconds, car.
1: <laughs> I have a new life goal now. I want to be so rich that I could buy an actual race car and turn it into a bed. And have it. <laughs> an actual it <laughs> race car bed. Yes. <laughs> new goal. New life goal.
0: Track used.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, Melanie, what did you watch?
1: I watched Between Worlds.
0: Between Worlds. Yes. All right. Okay,
1: so the movie begins with, oh, wait, should I read this? Joe, a down and his luck truck driver, haunted by the memories of his deceased wife and child, meets Julie, a spiritually gifted woman who enlists his help in a desperate effort to find the lost soul of her comatose daughter. It's the spirit of Joe's dead wife proves stronger, possessing the young woman's body and determined to settle her unfinished business with the living. That's an okay description. Another way you could say it is, Nick Cage is a truck driver who sees a lady getting choked out in a, in a truck stop bathroom and saves her and then takes her to the hospital to see her daughter who was in a motorcycle accident and then chokes her out himself. And then his dead wife possesses that lady. So this movie, uh, I can get into a little more plot maybe, but first I want to (laughs) say. I think you really got into it. I don't know. This movie is like, (laughs) it's like they took Nick Cage and they were like, this is the story. These are the people's names, but there's no script. Just go be Nick Cage. That's like what this movie was, for real. Like maybe there's a little bit where he was tame, but but so much of it was just, i'm I'm just gonna grab you and start dancing with you i'm gonna spray everybody with a hose and dance all weird and be nick cage that was this one part i know okay he was he was staying at somebody's house right Mm -hmm. and 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 he's like where do i sleep and they're like on the couch and he's like the couch oh that hurts and i'm like what is that what is that what is that that's nothing that's nick cage being crazy (laughs) For no I mean, I don't even understand like that. And okay, the idea of the movie is actually pretty interesting. If they had done it well, which they did not. But let's just first. Let's start with the idea of the movie. The woman that he chokes out. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry.
0: Real quick, that look right there. <laughs> audio I'm sorry, you can't see it. That is perfectly encapsulates encapsulates, encapsulates him in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's oh, he's he's a chubby, greasy drunken slob in this movie Um, at the, at his best. (laughs) (laughs) So, so he meets, he meets this woman, the one that he chokes out. And the reason she wants people to choke her out is her daughter's in a coma. And when she was a child, she had fallen through the ice and had a near death experience where she left her body. And ever since then, she's been able to do that, to leave her body and go in, I don't know, mingle with dead people or something. So she's trying to find her daughter and lead her back to her body. That's why she wants everybody to choke her out. Um, <laughs> and the actress that plays her, I don't know what her name is.
0: Franca, uh, Franca, po- how do you pronounce it? Where'd it go? Um, Franca po- Potente. Yeah. It's Lola from Run, Lola, Run. Uh-huh. If you, if you know, Run, Lola, Run. Um, she's
1: supposed to be German. She is. Uh, I figured. You kind of can hear an accent in there, but I didn't even notice it at first. And I, God, I'm gonna sound racist against Germans, but that's the only explanation I have for her acting, because her. <laughs> I mean, she's talking <laughs> about her daughter dying, and she's like, "My daughter is dying. I'm serious. This is important to me." And like, <laughs> it's so, it's so like, it's so monotone. Underwhelming, or yes yes, underwhelming, and, like, like her, she has such little emotion that she gives to her character that the the Nick Cage is just overpowering, kind of. And that's part of the problem with the movie, honestly. Um, like I said, that the, the idea of it is, is interesting, that, like, she has a weird psychic ability, not psychic, but she can astral travel, I guess, when she gets choked out, which is interesting if you were to auto-erotic asphyxiation, I think, but, um, but that's not what it is. It's that it's not sexual, they say. Um <laughs> but <sighs> so anyway, she gets his she gets her daughter back, sort of, but instead it's his ex-wife who can I spoil I'm gonna spoil it.
0: Just his, don't don't spoil.
1: <sighs> so hard not to. His ex-wife, she's passed away. Her and his daughter are passed away. And she I don't know if she completely possesses the daughter or if she's like partially in there, whatever. It's, it's weird. Nick cage. And this is not okay. I don't think mentally <laughs> or from the beginning, but when he's there with this woman who actually seems to suit him, which is weird to say being her with her, like wooden performance, but the two of them together seem like they may might make an okay couple. Um, she seems like she would date a greasy truck driver. But so there's that. But then when her daughter is like, I'm your wife and I want you back, you know, a decent person would have been like, Oh, this is crazy. And that's inappropriate. And I need to talk to my special girlfriend about this whole thing, but he doesn't. Um, so he's a dirtbag And he's kind of a dirt back to the whole thing too. You know what? I was thinking about this, watching this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, I lost my, my truck and I don't have anything and whatever. And then the chick's like, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to go and spend $500 and buy you back your personal stuff. And I'm like, this is like, this movie is like made for women of today. I think it, it's, It's because there's guys that are they're like, I think they're supposed to be nice guys, but they do such messed up stuff the whole time that it makes you feel so like you shouldn't have spent that money buying him back his stuff. He's going to, you know, run off with your possessed daughter and do bad things. You don't want that. But, you you know, (laughs) deep down, he's still a nice guy. So it's just so rough. And that is that's his character. He's a nice guy who's a dirtbag. I don't really know what to say about him. He's Nick Cage, through and through.
2: <laughs> Welcome you- to the cage match, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like I know when when he was going to be cast for Fast Times average my High as the character that Jud Reinholt played. They were like, we were going to, but he's too dark. And that's that. There's a lot of this in in, in that in this movie where. You feel sympathetic to him, but you kind of can't because he's just too dark and too damaged and too reckless. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Invite dark. You mean like there's like a sinister, yeah, or shady nature to him? Yeah, that's yeah. just inherent in Nick Cage. Exactly. Not to say he is sinister or shady, but he definitely has a weirdness to him, an aura. You could uh, say, or whatever, you just shove people
1: and look at those pants. <laughs> Somebody who can wear those pants that's, that's, that's <laughs> something wrong with that kind of guy. Who could, what, are those like leather or pleather or something?
0: They look like it, yeah. They look okay. like some kind of leather or something.
1: I'm gonna I mean, use- I'm
2: suddenly sold on the Tiger King idea, though. <laughs> it's kind
0: of true, right? Right? I, so, okay, Melanie, would you recommend this movie to people?
1: Um, sure, why not? I mean, it's not good. It's not good at all. But it's got Nick Cage, and he's crazy. Uh, there's, that. there's that. There's there's a, there's a montage of him dancing in hose water. That's something you don't see every day. Set,
0: <laughs> Set to oh Marilyn Manson's version of "I Put a Spell on You."
1: Yeah. No. Oh, and I think there's a part where he's in like some zebra printed. Uh, what do you call those? Bikini underwear. That's in, that's not a good scene, but it's
2: there. Okay. Guys, I just want to point out that this movie is not on Screen Rant's ten worst Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> really? So, oh. I mean, maybe this is eleven. Maybe this would have been honorable mention, but it's not even on the
0: list. So I feel like nobody. I've never heard of this. I feel like nobody <laughs> talked about this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and jump over to my movie. Is that okay? Are you... Yeah,
1: go ahead. I might chime in, but go ahead.
0: So for my movie, I watched a little movie from 2018 called Between Worlds. <laughs> Star Nicolas <laughs> Cage and Run, Lola, Run. <laughs> um, yeah, so I happened to also watch this. We didn't, like, you know, we don't necessarily coordinate between... Sometimes we do, Melanie and I. Um, but we didn't happen to coordinate, so we both watched the same movie and And that was funny
2: and fitting that this happened on like this culminating week like it was
0: inevitable but of course it would be the last like the halloween monster of the week episode Uh huh. but i i'd seen i'd heard of this i was looking at like i don't know youtube videos where they talk about nick cage horror movies or whatever and this a video about this came up and i watched a little bit and i was like wait what what is this and it does have the supernatural element so i mean listen, we're talking about Nick Cage. It didn't have to be a horror movie. I know this is our Halloween <laughs> episode right but it does have a supernatural element. It does not really play up that that much really I mean it's that's not really a big element of the movie. And it's okay that Melanie and I watch both watch this. There's plenty of Nick Cage to go around. Melanie's right. this is Nick Cage this is so Nick Cage. this is such a mm-hmm. Nick Cage movie. He mm-hmm. is I, I don't know that he's necessarily the most unhinged. But he is the most consistently Nick Cage in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, he plays a dirtbag, he looks disgusting. At one point he says something like, Oh, you know, before a, before the a sex scene. I think the first sex scene in the movie. Okay. He says, uh, you know, I've I've you know, I need to take a shower. I got three days three days ride, or I smell like three days ride. He looks like he smells like a three day ride.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does.
0: But she's cool with it she's like oh i like it it's like oh god how could you i could smell him through my tv <laughs> <laughs> i can feel the grease but
1: of his doing. hair I,
2: I like that uh, paul in the comments had said earlier that it's like this is this is where the con air character ended up <laughs> yeah. like, like, like t- things it just totally, went really south after con it? air it seemed yeah. like a happy ending it wasn't
0: and th- so the, the it's, in, it's incredible, and I, I, I wish I could play it on the stream. I won't, because I don't want to get flagged by YouTube and whatever else again. Uh, fortunately, one of the clips they had released to promote this movie is one of the best examples of uh, the cageism in this movie. And I shared it mm-hmm. in the Facebook group earlier, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Growlix podcast, whatever. Find our Growlix podcast Facebook group. And if I remember, I will include the, sh- the link to the video clip in the show notes or whatever but on youtube there's a clip and it is it's incredible it's everything. It's,
2: one <laughs> it's, of the, everything.
0: it's one of the things that sold me on the movie because in this youtube video I was watching they played a clip and I was like oh th- this this where he's like he's talking so his family as melanie said Kids? yeah <laughs> his family's dead and uh lola asks i'm going to call her lola asks him about his family and his reaction is so kate C- nick cage and he pulls out a picture, and she's like, "Oh, they're beautiful." And he goes, "Oops, they're dead." And it's like, <laughs> "What kind of? What is that? Humans don't react, what? don't act that oh way." Oh my god! And the, I, I feel like the thing that clicked, and it, Jesse's already said it, but the thing that clicked for me in this, I'm like, my problem, I think, with Nick Cage, even when he's good, Nick Cage, it's always a little bit disappointing because. It's not like, yeah, he goes full Nick Cage in this, but it's very inconsistent. Like, dude, either go full Nick Cage the whole time, or don't, or or be mopey angel, uh, stalker guy, because <laughs> City of Angels, yeah. In most movies, he kind of just fluctuates between the two. But my problem where I I kind of feel like he's not good. I know we've said you know like he's insane, but people are like, but he's good. He's just eccentric. I feel like my problem with him and why I kind of think he's not good is because it's so inconsistent to where you can tell it's not even the same character from scene to scene. You can tell he just felt like (laughs) when he showed up on set to that day to shoot this scene, he's like, well, I'm just going to act this way. I'm going to be mopey this scene. And then the next scene, he comes to set the next day and he's like, I had a little too much caffeine. I'm going to dance. And like, it's not the same character. It's just Nick cage deciding, this scene, I'm gonna do this. And it's completely random and at his whim. And I feel that's my interpretation. That's what I'm assuming because that's how it comes across very much in this. Like it's so cagey and it's really, it's a. <sighs> yeah?
1: I'm sorry. Can I, I just remembered a part. I yeah. don't know if you noticed this, but there is a sex scene in the movie. There are a few. Yeah, there are a few. And all of them seem very unpleasant to me. But anyway, uh, so there is a sex scene in the movie where he's reading. From a book. The book is titled Memories by Nick Cage. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I, I didn't like, notice what? who was <laughs> Yeah. Well, at was one like,
0: point. What? At one point. There's talk of Golden Shower. When he's reading from this. Also when he's being sprayed by the hose. The daughter spring by the hose. And he's doing the like weird slow-mo. chubby like (laughs) overweight nick cage sexy dance yeah he says at one point he says golden showers and it's like (laughs) so that's two golden showers mentioned and this movie's so interesting okay so it's more than like a horror it's not a horror movie at all it's a thriller
1: Mm
0: -hmm. supernatural thriller but it's a thriller but it's also like netflix has it categorized categorized as a steamy thriller Mm -hmm. and it does feel like the story is one of those like erotic thrillers sexy where there's a lot of sex scenes yeah there are the problem is none of it's erotic
1: <laughs> <laughs> nick cage is a
0: filthy dirtbag in this movie uh-huh. he's super like out of shape which is fine but uh-huh. like and also the way he approaches the sex scenes none of them none of it's sexy none of it's sensual it's not even like aggressive sexy it's just aggressive and awkward and weird uh-huh. and yeah. yeah reading from the book at one point during a sex scene he's like do you remember that scene from The Exorcist oh, where she man. where she where she masturbates and he's like keeps talking about the scene where he, if you've seen The Exorcist you know exactly oh, the scene God. I'm talking about. Oh, he's talking about that during the sex scene
1: and he's like scream like that. Oh God! Yeah. Oh that's my
0: God! It's so awkward yeah. and he's so disgusting during it. And then like even just non sex sexual things like there's a scene like he kisses the the one chick that he's with. A couple times, but one time he kisses her and he's like, it's just like a nice kiss, but he's like, mmm, mmm. It's like,
1: <laughs> do you think in her mind, he like,
0: what is, what, what? <laughs> he says, and this is something that, like, you could barely hear it in the movie, but people on YouTube, the couple of, there's a couple of videos that exist about this movie. Um, They really latched on to because you could see it in the thumbnails. <laughs> he After he kisses her and he hugs, he goes, hold daddy tight. and you really do get the gamut of nicholas cage you get a lot of mopey and i feel like that's kind of where he does seem sympathetic because anytime where his character is supposed to like he's obviously being nice he plays it kind of real mopey Mm. and bashful and he's nice and he does nice things yeah um but then you also get random angry nick cage It's like, whoa, dude, whoa, that seems on you do not seem like a character I would like to hang out with now. Mm -hmm. Not that I would particularly like to anyway, but like, you know, that sudden flip is a very uncomfortable. Um he's just he's very manic in a way. Over the top. The scene, him the scene, him and Lola smoke pot. There's a scene where they're getting stoned. He's very uncomfortable. So oh it is, and he's so over the top. Like, you know, they're Mm -hmm. laughing. And like they start laughing at something that I don't care if you're stoned. I don't feel like they'd be laughing or at least I don't feel like Lola would be laughing because they're laughing about her daughter not acting right. And it's like, yeah, she was in a horrible accident and she had head trauma, but they're laughing (laughs) and it starts off like, okay, they're laughing. They're super baked or whatever. And then like it cuts to another angle and Nicolas Cage really starts just belting out the laughter, forcing it and that's oh no it's like he doesn't know where that line is between like kind of being big and being forced over the top and he crosses Mm -hmm. it constantly sometimes he's okay there's some scenes where he's sad because he does have a he has a dead family he's sad about it that kind of work and then there's other scenes where it's like you just weren't feeling it that day huh where he's like and he's got the teary-eyed but he's like I don't want to talk about it. It's very hard to talk about. And it's like so forced and not natural.
1: Can and I, then Speaking of forced and not natural. Can I talk about the end of the movie a little bit too? I'm sorry. Yeah. There is a man in this movie that dies. I'm not going to spoil a lot. I'm just saying someone dies and everyone in the movie is just like, this guy died. That's it. Not like he was my best friend or he was, you know, someone, it was like, he killed this guy, but I'm not going to call the cops. So like they, they underplay the death of this character so much. It makes me, it makes really, that's the person I'm for in the movie.
0: Yeah, no, there's no, Oh dude. Yeah. That guy got, got wronged. Uh, yeah, there's no real genuine emotion from anyone. No, no one Lola feels like a robot. Mm-hmm. And that was the next thing I wanted to get onto. I was kind of excited when I was like, Oh, her, like I, I, I loved Run Lola Low, Run. The only other stuff I've seen her, she was in a couple of the Born Supreme or Born Identity movies, and mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really, you know, like those movies are whatever. They're they're fine, but I was kind of disappointed. I was like, I, I'd really like to see her in something else, something good. So I was excited to see she was in this. Mm-hmm. She's awful.
1: She, she is, is horrible. horrible. She's uh, she's so
0: I, bad in this.
1: I god, I'm so racist. Okay, this is me being racist again. But it's like with Russians. Where the, there's like an, a meteor coming down in front of their car, and they just flip down the visor. <laughs> that you know? classic.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> well, like that. Okay. But here's the thing, Melanie. Like we watched, what was that show we watched a while ago? Uh, Babylon Berlin.
1: Mm-hmm. They're
0: all Germans. Yeah. They actually emote, and you yeah, can tell true. they have. There's feelings, mm-hmm. and they you can tell they're feeling a thing or they're sad. Yeah. Not her, her daughter's in the like. Everything she says is so matter of fact. And at first, I was like, her German accent to me wasn't super evident. And I knew she was German,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I was like, "Is?" She, I was like, "What is wrong with her? Like, is she trying to do an American accent?" And I feel like maybe they started off like she was trying to do an American accent, and then they, at one point they're like, "We need to stop." Yeah, you're, I think you're I think a German.
1: That's the case I didn't even realize she was German until they talked about her being German, and. And then I was like, oh, is she German? So I listened for it. And then I was like, oh, okay, she is German. But, but yeah, if, it, if they hadn't brought it up, I wouldn't even have noticed.
0: Yeah, it feels like part of the time she's trying to not have the German accent. And that makes her deliveries so awkward. But then like other times where she does sound German, it's still not good.
1: No, it's not.
0: There are she got almost as many laughs out of me as Nicolas Cage just because of how she would she would deliver a line and everything no matter what it was, no matter how emotional it should have been.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Matter of fact, here's the line. The, and then the I'm best, just gonna stare at you. No emotion. It's like, Oh God.
1: The best actor in this movie is probably the daughter. And right. that's because most of her acting was look sexy.
0: <laughs> Don't wear a bra and walk around looking. Yeah. Uh, sexy and withdrawn.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Oh,
0: it's, it's so bad. It's it, so bad. And, and the cinematography's fine. It doesn't look terrible. It's not amazing, but that's the thing. Like this isn't a case of like because I, I was thinking about it. I was and I went into this movie knowing, like, Rotten Tomatoes. It's like thirty something percent. It's not good. Oh wow,
1: it's not, good. not good.
0: I went into it knowing it was not going to be a good movie, and so I was thinking about some of the bad movies I've watched so far. And I'm not going to say this is as bad as those, but like Camp Blood, I watched for our cl- uh, clown segment or whatever. Mm terrible, no-budget movie, Uh, that Asylum movie, Invasion of the Pod People, terrible, and this is weird because it's not like those. Those are just cheap and or lazy. This, like, actually there's production, they Mm. had money to license tons of music, there's several, there's lots of music, it's not always appropriate. Um, (laughs) No. This is mostly a matter of, like, it's a terrible script, and the actors are not good but mm-hmm. they're like the two main leads are people. I know they've been in big Hollywood stuff. They should be okay. I don't know. It's so weird. If it weren't for Nicholas cage, this would have, there'd be no reason to watch this. It, if you are amused by Nicholas cage stuff, you kind of have to watch this at some point.
1: I would agree with that. It's the only, the only reason to watch this is to laugh at Nicholas cage.
0: It's amazing. He's kind of amazing in this yeah. in
1: the worst way. <laughs>
0: right oh. and some of the i wonder how much improv there was because he says some weird stuff in this yeah, says I, some stuff
1: that's why i said that it's like there was no script i swear yeah. because sometimes yeah. i'm like what 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 does that mean i don't know it's just nick nick cage it sounds like nick cage and that's all it sounds like to me and, um oh, go ahead uh,
0: to, to highlight melanie's point about how he's likable but not like he seems like you kind of feel bad for him but at the same time he's he's a dirtbag he is totally a dirtbag he is not yeah. a good dude in this and that like yeah not. he does some nice stuff and he's not for the most part outright like violent or evil but he's also before he knows his wife has taken over the body of this young girl um who I don't know uh, I, the, she she's of... she her character is supposed to be of age like
1: after or just like just
0: yeah like 19 20 maybe but younger girl, basically the daughter of the chick you're pretty much dating that you've been living with for a, a few days or a week. Um, You know, if she's going to reach over and give you a handy uh, while you're watching TV and the, and the chick you're actually dating is making a rabbit or whatever she was making in the kitchen <laughs> yeah, and you just don't say anything. You're kind of a horrible dirtbag, Yeah, you are. And that's before yeah. he knew his wife was in there. Yeah. And yeah, he sure. just, he looked uncomfortable, but he also just went with it. So not a good dude. No. Um, and then yeah, like the scene where she goes to pay the money to get his personal belongings back. Um, of course, while she's out doing that, and it was like 500 dollars uh, you know, is the scene where the chick's like, I'm your wife, and then they have a talk and then they have sex. So so they just, you know, he's not a good dude. Um mm-hmm there's so many things the scene Melanie mentioned the scene with the with the speedo Mm -hmm. and that actually one of the biggest laughs and it's not a laugh at like bad acting necessarily it's just a laugh at like I feel like this was definitely an improv moment because it's not a very good all you see is like his very packaged package right (laughs) hanging out from under his shirt it is uncomfortable (laughs) and it would at the end of the scene Lola says because they're fighting at this point, Lola says, "Put your pants, put your pants on. You're disgusting." And <laughs> Nick Cage's reaction is so genuine, where I'm like, maybe she improv that. He's like, why would you, he's like, why? Would, oh, why would you say that or something like that? Like he seemed hurt by it. Yeah, it, it was so funny. That felt like the most genuine acting out of both of them in the whole movie.
1: <laughs> it was, that was pretty good. Um. I wanted to bring up, I lost a couple things that, that popped in my head, but one of them was the voice of wisdom in this movie is like some random nurse from the hospital who is obviously foreign and doesn't actually seem to know anything other than to say, don't do anything. That's bad. Stop doing that. That's pretty much it. She so can't, so this- can't explain anything. She can just say, you should mess with stuff you don't understand.
0: She's like the exposition, you know, in, in any supernatural or horror thing. And at this point, the it's so such a trope it almost feels kind of racist, where it's the exposition, maybe voodoo mm-hmm. or somebody's knowledge, you know, black person from some other country that's knowledgeable of voodoo or mystical things mm-hmm. is kind of a trope, and yeah. this has that trope, except it's so it's so lazy. Um, I mean it is it's not always voodoo and they're not always foreign like uh, the the final destination movie had a what's his name tony todd which is tony todd so it's great but it's that thing that character out of out of nowhere who's like here's what's happening i know all the things that you're experiencing for some reason right
1: mm-hmm. except uh, she jeepers, didn't she didn't jeepers, even seem
0: to know a lot no the jeepers creepers does the same thing um but yet in this case she's some nurse who's at the hospital working on her daughter and it's it seems like the wife and her have some already some like existing relationship or knowledge of each other but yeah she says things like she knows stuff but she never really says anything other than Mm -hmm. it's bad and then and then towards the end the wife when they figure out what's going on the wife goes and sees her and she's just like yeah i told you things are bad (laughs) and she's like well what do i do the only thing you could do is what you're doing now And she's like, so, like, there's nothing? And she's like, nothing you can do.
1: It's like, Worse than that, dude, because she was even like, well, sometimes it's just people's time to die. And I'm like, really? That's what you're going to tell the lady who's freaking out about her daughter being possessed? You're like, well, sometimes it's time for people to die. And I'm like, is she implying that she should kill her? Or that she should just leave it alone and let her die of old age i don't i don't understand what her. i point don't really was at all. I,
0: I don't know what her purpose was I've like like i said she's that character that's supposed to be that role that kind of trophy role mm-hmm. but she it's not sufficient she's not it's like why even bother if yeah. she doesn't have any anything to contribute she's not contributing like
1: mm-hmm. what She's about as as important as the boyfriend or whatever he was supposed to be. Who at the at the end they like shoehorned in. He's so in love with her; it's ridiculous. You mean this you know, guy he's a, who
0: apparently he's in
1: love with her? <laughs> I didn't even know.
0: got a FaceTime <laughs> on one of the none of the two other. There's three main characters. Oh like, man, Jane, Lola and the daughter. This he's not a main character. He is a side no, character not. that comes in towards like in the last maybe quarter of the movie. And doesn't really play that important of a role. Like, why does no. he get poster time?
1: Because he's Also, why
2: does Nicolas Cage look like he's discovered Maybelline here? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Maybe he's born with it. Probably not.
1: But no, no, I, I was going to say, probably his hair not. Was so greasy through most of that movie. Like, I don't even know how... It, they must have really been like, just don't shower for a few days, and then we'll shoot the movie.
0: <laughs> it, and- is pretty, inc- <laughs> it is pretty incredible how... Realistic his scuzz looks. It <laughs> is. It is. His hair is genuine, genuinely greasy. And mm. it is that long, thin kind of nicholas Cage hair. It, it's it's yeah, it's something.
1: Yeah.
2: One thing, uh, while I was watching my movie, like Holly, I asked Holly, I was like, Do you want to watch a Nick Cage movie with me? And she was she was contemplating it, but ultimately she's like, like, I want to, I want to want to, but I don't. And I was yeah. like, best bear." So she's watching her own thing, and uh, she looks up. She's like, got her earbuds in or whatever. She looks up, and she's like, "His wigs are always incredible." <laughs> I was like, "They always are." And so, like, is this a wig?
0: And if it is, no. gross. I kind of feel like it's not. In I don't wig. think
1: it is. I think it's. I'm. I. It, I it, it maybe it's his hair after they pulled off the wig
0: this I guess the way there, there's the shape here and this is again something audio listeners are not going to appreciate but in this picture here that extra little poof there on the sides makes me think maybe it is a little bit of like some extensions but there's scenes in the movie where it does just look like his hair it looks scraggly it looks like you can see the strands that go all the way up to his scalp it looks uh-huh. like his actual hair
1: and it's it, that's, that's exactly what it, it's like greasy strands Yeah. from his scalp all the way down in, in a lot of the movie it <sighs> gross
0: i think the worst thing nicholas cage's acting is not great sometimes it's got sometimes it's good most of the time it's nicholas cage way over the top mm. and it's definitely a thing of like you could tell some directors just don't reel him in no all right and no. <laughs> he gets his cageisms in every movie but there's most movies it's like one or two scenes mm. you can tell that they are like all right go for it or maybe he's just like <laughs> right. I'm just going to do this whereas the rest of the movie he's subdued and this one like he's just so all over the place that I don't think the director tried to wrangle him at all
1: That's um, yeah I agree
0: and the other issue with the movie is really the script is just god awful it's terrible mm-hmm. oh and Lola is really bad in this but um, the script is really bad and it's Lazy in how it tries to handle the supernatural stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, well, so they, ha- they have this. Ex- what? Sorry. I was going to say so they have this exposition uh, trope, Black Lady, that they don't use. Instead, they decide to dump the ex. have the- Lola, who is putting in the worst performance of the movie, dump the exposition in like one or two scenes, but in a vague terms. Yeah. T- to where. The first scene happened and I okay I heard about what the movie was before I watched it. I kind of wish I didn't but when the scene happened that she, where she explained the premise in the first 10 minutes of the movie, I had to rewind it and be like, wait, she didn't really explain it like I I know because I know but not because the movie told me and I ran it back and watched the scene again. No, it's so vague that if mm-hmm. you it's clear that the characters know what she's talking about, but what she's talking about is not made apparent to the viewer.
1: All we know is she likes to get choked out in bathrooms.
0: And also the director or whoever really tried to, they try, there's some Twin Peaks influence on this, but it's not that weird. Mm -hmm. You could tell in the music, they even had a theme, the theme, not the score necessarily, but the theme was by Angelo uh, baldin who works with David Lynch a lot, but like they would use certain pieces of music where I'm like, oh, that's totally like you're going for a Twin Peaks thing. And it's got the young, like, uh, the young girl who's acting inappropriately sexy towards, you know, whatever. And there's just weird um, character body swapping type thing. But no, it yeah. doesn't work. It doesn't commit fully to that. And it, it yeah. shouldn't it, you know, like, have your own style. But also, it just kind of fails in all other respects. So that stuff really, really doesn't work.
1: I will drive home how bad this is. They play. No, Nicolas Cage plays with a jack in the box. That plays the whole, you know, all around the mulberry bush. That whole song, I mean, not the song, but the the tune, mm-hmm. the "Pop Goes the Weasel" tune, during like a paid for, I'm sure, song by someone else, like a, an actual song, not like a, a score, like an actual song. Like somebody paid for the song and then played "Pop Goes the Weasel" over it.
0: And this is supposed to be, and this is supposed to be during like an emotional, yeah, time. An emotional moment. He's he's having a, a very emotional moment. I do appreciate that his character is just complete gets totally wasted at the end that the final like sequence that Nicolas Cage's character is in in the movie and he plays this pretty well it's just uh he's just like totally dead inside and drunk like just, yeah. oh, uh, well, he, he's, he's like start, barely there.
1: He starts getting drunk pretty early on and then he doesn't stop I don't think. Um hey. <laughs> but wait wait, I just remembered another thing I was going to talk about earlier. One of the things that I do appreciate about this movie is it's bold choices like beginning a scene in someone's butt crack and then panning up to the rest of the scene.
0: A very fat dude's butt
1: crack. <laughs> a very fat dude's
0: butt That's crack. like the third shot of the movie is <laughs> it starts close up on a, a, this fat dude's butt crack and then slowly pans up and it's this fat dude who's working a counter at a, a convenience store.
2: I feel yeah. like that's a bold choice.
0: It, it is. is. It it's is. It's bold. It's again though it further and I think maybe this is the point like they're like it's gonna be like an erotic thriller but we're gonna make do everything we can to make it just repulsive (laughs) 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 and there's things it does the thing where there's there's scenes where it's just like this it's got the classic bad movie there's scenes that happen where you're like this just no one would do this why why would you do this oh you're you're in the hospital and she needs you to strangle her real quick. So you just step into like the stairwell. The stairwell where anybody could be, <laughs> and then you strangle this woman. And like there's several scenes where it's like nobody would behave that way. That's not how people act. That's not how the scene would go down, but it's I don't know if it's lazy or what. It's just it's weird.
1: Put your gun down. I'm sorry your ring is dead. It's not my fault. <laughs>
0: That's pretty accurate. I know, I know. Okay. If there was another scene I wish I could show on here, it'd be, it's towards the beginning and it would be, it's the scene that kind of leads up to that scene where you can actually see the clip where he's like, oops, they're dead is when he saves he quote unquote, saves her from being strangled in which he hears some commotion in the women's restroom and then just kicks his way in and beats this guy up. Right. (laughs) Which is fair. I don't fault him for that. He was strangling this woman. She wanted it. So I it's I guess that's not good, but he beats the crap out of this guy, and she goes, she goes, what are you doing? And he goes, I was saving you, I'm saving you. <laughs> and, and then she yells at him a bunch, and I can't remember what the line is now, but he just in the in that in the bathroom, all of his line deliveries, top notch. It's so good. <laughs> it, he like mutters him. And like the things he says yeah. is so, I'm saving you. It's so weird.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's a horrible movie. You should I watch it. it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's on I Netflix. Agree. It is. It's a horrible movie. And I think you should watch it also. I totally agree.
0: And okay. And there's lots of, we mentioned there's several sex scenes and there's some nudity. There's some bum and stuff, but there's not like the nudity, the nudity in some cases, thank God, is never ex- explicit. Really? Um, I mean, the sex scenes are explicit, but, like, there's not a ton of nudity. So it's, like, propulsive with lots of sex scenes, but also kind of tame.
1: Yeah. I, uh, tame. Ugh. Yeah, you don't see much. It's just, it just makes you feel like...
0: What you do see, you don't want.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that would not be comfortable. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know
0: how anybody's getting off on that, but whatever. <laughs> oh man, uh, Paul says Pervy Cage chased everyone away. I mean, I think the fact that we talked about that movie for like an hour chased everyone away. But... <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> oh well. Yeah, no, I mean... we will probably we'll, we're. I feel like we should probably definitely cut news short. We don't have too many news stories. <laughs> and I'm sorry. We just... knew
2: at the outset that this wasn't going to be everyone's cup
0: of tea. This is also why we tried to watch I, f- I feel like this is a good e- reason why or example of it's either we all watch one thing and talk about it for the whole episode or we watch individually watch a thing so that hopefully it doesn't go so long. It doesn't matter though. It all goes as long. I'm so glad Melanie like y- when you I-, I seen you had commented on my post about it. I was so glad somebody else watched it though because I was like it's this feels so much like it's almost the ultimate Nick Cage.
1: It's like character. Nick Cage the movie.
0: It is. It's almost the <laughs> ultimate Nick Cage it, movie. It, man, now I'm feeling bad that I didn't watch it.
1: it well, uh, okay, I, I mean, it was like I said, it was really like they didn't even give him a script. They just were like this is the this is what the movie's about. Here's the character's names. Go wild. It feels like that through at least 90% of the movie, really. Uh there might be a couple scenes where he was like supposed to actually behave like a human being, but most of it he was nick cage uh which is rare but also um hold on now I go ahead randy go ahead
0: okay i was just gonna say so i said earlier nick cage makes this worth watching otherwise it's just a bad movie right and it is but there are scenes without nick cage that are so bad that i laughed out loud at it and also that i cringed and for the most part it's a really bad movie but it didn't get a lot of cringe out of me whereas other movies you know like uh what a camp blood or whatever where it's like just a cringe fest and it's on it's not fun to watch this doesn't have that but it does have a few or this doesn't have that much it's not that bad but it does have a few moments where i was like mm-hmm. oh no this is oh that's so stupid like just like why like why? took you out
2: of it it was that bad
0: right Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's just bad because the script and the acting is terrible, and that's yeah. a little bit—that's <laughs> yeah. forgivable. Yeah, it, I it's the, I guess it's the same thing, but
1: uh, and but I will I'll give it the credit of besides being just Nick Cage being Nick Cage, through most of it. The beginning idea I thought was was interesting. It didn't pan out in the end, and I think they kind of didn't know how to end it, and so they were just like, "Oh, let's just shove everything into this last." Ten minutes like it you know should be that way i don't know it's, it, it doesn't work but it started off not that bad it just got worse and worse and worse. And worse.
0: also there are characters that get injured or attacked or whatever
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just like as soon as somebody's injured in this movie everyone else all the other characters are like oh they're dead and it's like no but they're probably still alive yeah like they're and they'll even have characters like well what if he's still alive and it's like nope he's gone and then they just move on with the scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. They just move on
0: to the next scene.
1: Like at including
0: least, like main Yeah. No spoilers, like, main characters towards the end of the movie where it's like we have to go. It's like you could save this person that you mm-hmm. will, you as a character would want to be the one person in this movie you'd want to save. But you're going to leave them to die in a fire? Like it's so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable.
1: It is or like that one. Uh, I don't care if you are like a kingpin. If your best friend is shot, you're going to call an ambulance, right?
0: That's exactly like you can't. <laughs> Here's another thing. Somebody gets shot. And like, oh, did you call the police? They're like, no, I can't. I don't want to deal with the police. So did you dispose of the body? Exactly. Like somebody well, at some point will have to deal with the fact that there's a dead body in your house.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But nope, nope. You just... They're shot. They're gone. They're not in the movie anymore.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Lazy.
0: <laughs> kind of liked it. <laughs>
1: it's not good. I, I'm encouraging everyone to watch it still, though. It's like when you're like, "Oh my God, come smell this." <laughs> <It's>
2: like that. <laughs> it's a horrible smell. You're like, "What does it smell like to you?"
0: <laughs> now, I don't want to overstate it. It's not Nick stage. Nick stage. Nick Cage at like level 12 the whole movie no but it is the full gamut of the things that Nick Cage does and that's mm-hmm. what makes it perfectly mm-hmm.
1: cagey it's Nick Cage it's Nick Cage going from 0 to 60 in like a half a second and then dropping right back down like it didn't happen it's like that
2: so you were saying he was gone in
0: 60 seconds and he had <laughs> the, he did the hand He oh, do the hands. He, always, yeah. he always does the hand it's gotta be the hands at least once and thinking about it's so weird because okay, other than the fact that thinking about this and then comparing it to, uh, we do have news and it's getting late. I don't know what we're what the rest of this episode is going to be, but I was contemplating like there are legitimately decent Nick Cage movies, including Nick Cage horror movies that we could recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would actually probably be talking about if we hadn't already covered it on the show. Um, Mandy mm-hmm. is I it's Mandy's not for everyone, but right. Mandy's great. It's a super cool movie. Nick Cage is actually like he's good but he's mopey Nick Cage most of the movie with like a couple cagey scenes he's otherwise in a it's like the movie is Nick Cage and Nick Cage has to be a a little bit (laughs) more downplayed he like plays it low key he's really good in it yeah Mm -hmm. Um. anyway I'm not gonna get into Colorado Space which we talked Mm -hmm. about recently also uh last season on Garlic Cinematic Universe uh, we covered both those movies in a double feature a lot of fun um Color Out of Space I feel like would maybe appeal to more people but also it's kind of hardcore for a horror movie so maybe not it's also weird right. whatever well,
2: super weird yeah
0: so it's like in both of those movies there are moments of cage but it's appropriate but yeah. also like I don't know you can almost maybe tell the projects he takes more seriously to where he tries to still be it seems like he's trying to be more consistent of a character in certain movies mm-hmm. and maybe that's the director maybe the director because i recent i was just tell melanie about this i read an interview i don't know from how long ago with nick cage and mm-hmm. the director of color space uh richard stanley um talking about like scenes that were cut out of color space Apparently, there was this big whole like anti Trump political thing message to the movie.
2: Oh, well, that would which makes sense
0: with his random like doing his impressions of his dad, but it sounds like Trump. Yeah. Apparently, there was a huge anti Trump message that the studio like cut it, cut, like, it all, no, cut it off, cut it off.
2: No, we want to make some money.
0: Right, yeah. right, right. You know, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> it's not just rednecks, but as I say, rednecks watch movies too. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Because it's not just rednecks and that's, um, but Sorry. they were talking about a scene where that they cut that was not related to that, and it was a scene where Nick Cage come in and delivered the, the all of his dialogue while doing handstands and cartwheels and stuff. And then there was the Nick Cage was talking about why he did that. He's like, well, see, because the characters, the other characters really just had a very disorienting moment. So I figured I'd come in, my character would deliver his scene in a a disorienting way to kind of reflect what the other characters were feeling. (laughs) So he came in and did handstands and delivered his dialogue while standing upside down and doing jumping jacks and stuff. Sounds uh, like maybe you just took in one too many lines before you <laughs> went in for, the, for that. <laughs> <shoot>. <laughs> that sounds like the most Nick Cage reasoning ever. That was his uh, logic.
1: Uh, I so was he, just thinking that might be Nick Cage's Nick Cage's reasoning for every movie. Like, well they were supposed to be disoriented. So I had to be all kinds of crazy to disorient them. <laughs> like, oh,
2: I couldn't disorient? just stick with my own motivation.
0: I had to <laughs> encompass theirs, and that's the thing. It's and th- that's where people will be like, "See, he's he's just he's like he's he's a genius because of decisions like that." <laughs> right. But the problem is that's not how we interpret the movie, and not every <laughs> movie is a weird Lynchian, interpretive symbolic experience Mm -hmm. you don't come in as a character and play your role how the other characters are feeling you play as your characters and (laughs) i feel like that's that's a perfect example of why his a lot of his movies his characters he he doesn't seem great to me because his characters are so inconsistent inconsistent from scene to scene he will just act it a completely different way and it's got to be because of that he's like well what does this scene need well yeah but also like what does this scene need your character to be right. right. And I feel like maybe that's what he's missed. I don't know, but I, I'm also not an actor and I'm not making Nick cage money.
1: So. Yeah, you right. weren't the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola either. So
0: Maddie D says, Nick cage's motivation is paycheck to paycheck to pay back taxes. Yeah. We were talking a little yeah. bit about that earlier. Yeah. yeah, no. Well, that's another thing. Like, how could you be that? Then again, that also plays into like color out of space is an interesting project. And I do get the feeling that he maybe took that more serious like Mandy. Um, whereas other things like he's been in hor- d- left behind and. Yeah. Uh, that's on the top 10 worst. Oh, I bet I've never watched it, but I don't want to. Right. Uh, he read <laughs> Paul says he reads the room. Yeah. I, I <laughs> take that further. Like he reads the room, not the script. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> My script is in the faces of
2: my co-op. And that's why there's always words on the walls in his movies, like pay the ghost. And like, there's always like the mad, the, the scribblings of a madman somewhere on the room wall. So it's like,
1: or the memoirs of Nick Cage,
2: (laughs) maybe, maybe. Good bedtime reading.
1: How could they put that in the movie? That's crazy. Memoirs of Nick Cage or memories. It might've been even memories of Nick Cage.
0: I, also oh mom and dad which is not a great movie but is a movie in which the adults go crazy and try to kill the the children Mm -hmm. that's a nick cage movie Mm -hmm. like so it's just i don't know i do
1: but if he wasn't so wackadoo would we have cage matches no 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 and maybe well you know that's maybe that's the measure of an actor uh, how how many people are gonna go out of their way to spend an entire episode talking about how crazy you are maybe maybe that's the big performance that we're <laughs> I mean, all you know be, missing
0: <laughs> they can if it's marketed right they can totally sell a movie based on nick cage alone so yeah. that is something he is a draw Look, uh, that jujitsu trailer we i was about just gonna today. say two weeks ago jujitsu boom mm-hmm. It's like, well, what is it? It's martial arts sci-fi fantasy movie or something? Tony
2: Jaa is in it, but who cares?
0: <laughs> and they're not telling it based on that because they'll get no. more people to watch it based on Nick Cage looking crazy, mm-hmm. saying things like, we're going to get crazy.
1: Uh, can I real quick? Yeah. Pa- Paul says, who would play Nick Cage in a Nick Cage movie about Nick Cage? And I'm thinking maybe Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Kind of.
0: Jim Carrey does feel like an alternate version of Nick Cage. It's like Nick Cage gone a different way.
1: Yeah. Right? If, if he had been less dark, he wouldn't have ended up Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. If you pushed him more towards comedy instead of like trying to be a stage actor in movies or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah. right. Cause that's kind of also what he seems like is he's doing stage acting in a movie. Mm-hmm. So, fire marshal <laughs> Bill. Oh, Maddie D says William Shatner. Ooh, man. Okay. Um, it's kind of late. I don't know how to proceed. Just,
2: I uh, think we we go to the the mandatory bit.
1: Okay. Yeah. The Mandatorian.
2: <laughs> the Mandatorian. <laughs> the Mandatorian. Which, speaking of which, that there's actually going to be new episodes of that. The Mandatorian. When? When is it- <laughs>
0: Mandatorian.
2: (laughs) All right. Snyder watch. Uh, not even Nicolas Cage can cage the Snyder
0: Watch. No, sorry, the, the Nick Cage power is strong, but not that, not that. You imagine strong. Nick Cage in a Zack Snyder movie? <laughs> wait, wait, in a Here's Deal, Cage. I want Zack Snyder to go back and make that Superman movie that was almost made with Nick Cage as Superman. Oh
2: my God, wasn't that supposed to be a Kevin Smith movie too? Like, Kevin that's Smith just too
0: much with the script. I think. And I also feel like at one point, Tim Burton was attached to that. What would that have been? Oh my God. And people hated Man of Steel. Or it might've been the most amazing movie ever and would have broke movies. Right. (laughs) Paul says, I'm completely numb to this video now. I feel nothing. Well, Paul, I knew we had been successful in our whatever we were trying to accomplish with Snyder Watch when you started sending me stories for Snyder Watch. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So the first story... Steppenwolf strikes again in Zack Snyder's Justice League TikTok teaser. Uh, so we, we get a look at Steppenwolf in a teaser that was released on TikTok. And really the main thing, the main reason to cover the story is because Paul sent it to me as a message and said, went from Twitter news to TikTok news. You're right. Yeah. Not everything comes from Twitter anymore. The kids are taking over.
1: Mm-hmm. Which-
0: uh, YouTube, the screen test of Nick Cage. It exists. Yeah. In the Superman thing. Yeah. It's in Maddie D said that it's Nick Cage in the Superman suit. It's incredible. It's not, it's weird. I don't know who <laughs> thought that was a good idea.
1: We, yesterday. I don't know if this jumps in my head I'm completely off topic a little bit. Yesterday, me and Randy watched um, the, what is it called? we try trying to get a job. Like the interview. Episode oh, the audition. Audition. There you go. Of Elliot from ET. I still, I, I, he'll always be Elliot. I don't remember his name ever, even as an adult, I still call him Elliot, but, um, I, of him getting the part for e. T, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's my friend, like crying, bawling. It's pretty you know?
0: incredible. Actually, like th- th- the kid was great. He's a good acting because you hear whoever telling Spielberg, whoever off camera telling him, here's the scenario. There's an alien, he's in your house, he's your friend, and there's this government guy who wants to take him. And he comes to your door and he's going to try to take the alien from you. And, but you want to keep him because he's your friend. And so then they, this like obviously kind of improv scene plays out, and the mm-hmm. kid is just wireworks and he's good. Like he is, it's super convincing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the end of the video is you hear Spielberg go, Okay, kid, you got it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know, it, random video. I don't remember how we come upon that, but it was pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Um. So, okay. So this TikTok thing, there's not much to it except you do see what Steppenwolf looks like, who of course was like the main bad guy in the theatrical cut. They altered him a little bit. It. He looks essentially the same, but more metal. <laughs> so ah. I mean, I mean, I could see the direction that Snyder comes. So like if like, ex- oh, right. Zack Snyder had done it. It needs to be more metal. And they're like, <laughs> okay, so like armor? Sure. <laughs> metal.
1: Bikes <laughs> on his shoulders and bats flying around.
0: And more Leonard Cohen. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, Do it. <laughs> he has such a weird affinity for that one Leonard Cohen song that he's used multiple times, and he's used covers of it in the trailer for this. It's very strange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I guess here... Oh, here's a picture. I, I guess maybe this is better just because CGI metal looks better than organic stuff. Uh, you can't really see it super well here, but I will show what the article shows. So it's like the same shape, but less. I was going to say humanistic, but I don't know. It just looks like mask.
1: It looks kind of Egyptian to me.
0: That's interesting.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Um, the next story is. This is a whole thing. I hadn't heard anything about this. This must be really new. And Jesse, you found this. I feel. I feel like you probably didn't get too far into it either. No, um,
2: I mean, um, it's basically it. Basically, all comes from a Forbes interview. Uh, and we've w- one of the reasons I pulled this one was because we've talked about it in the past. It, it's the continuing saga of Ray Fisher um, speaking out about Joss Whedon and his you know, his behavior on the set of justice league. And uh, so he recently did an interview with Forbes. And so I just saw multiple articles about this Forbes interview. I was like, right. Well, where's the interview? Uh, But there's several articles about it. Kind of each one of these covers essentially the same stuff, but the two, the two headlines that I pulled uh, was that this one kind of buried the lead. So I'm going to skip it and go, I'm gonna to go to the big one, which is Ray Fisher accuses Joss Whedon of digitally altering a performer's skin tone in Justice League. And so and it was notably a person of color. And so, like, gee, who was who would that be? Probably Cyborg, you know. I mean, yeah. He's,
0: I think he was the only one, right?
2: I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there were maybe there were some other characters that were ancillary, but he was the main one, right? And so, uh, uh, according to according to Ray Fisher, essentially, uh, Joss Whedon didn't like the particular skin tone, and so had them uh, color correct it in post.
1: I honestly, I thought that was standard. I thought that I thought that that was a common thing they do was to lighten people. Well, it's um,
2: interesting because Zack Snyder does it all the time plays with hues over top of everything, like a full uh-huh. filter, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe Joss Whedon, uh, wasn't filtering a scene. He was, he was notably just color correcting a specific character.
0: Hey, oh, um, real quick, Maddie D uh, about Steppenwolf said he looks Gallif, head still looks Gallifreyan. Yeah. It's got that, like the color, yeah. the shape of their collars a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, most all movies, especially movies like, okay, all movies do a lot of color correcting and modern, like these movies are really, they're animated features with parts of live action people that they had filmed at one Uh point. Otherwise, most of these movies are like the suits are CG and the backgrounds are mostly CG unless they're just like doing a talking scene, Mm -hmm. you know, a a talking scene. Wow. Um, (laughs) So everything's processed that said it sounds like it's also in it feels like he's being intentionally vague as to what exactly he's talking about well
2: and that's part of it is that the ongoing investigation is still happening and so he's he's being cagey pun intended always um he's being cagey about the details because you know he'd like the information to come to light via the investigation but we'll see because it's it's private investigation um you know we've talked about this in the past warner brothers is doing the investigation about themselves so right. we'll see oh. what comes to light there um the other big the other big reveal the other big revelation and the other big um headline grabbing moment of this interview was that joss we it, that they they were out on on the uh the press circuit and, and they went to Comic-Con basically saying that Joss Whedon was handpicked by Zack Snyder to take over the project. And uh, Ray Fisher is now throwing out there that, no, that was all a lie that, you know, Zack didn't weigh in on it at all. But we were all told to say that. And I still have the email that said that we were supposed to say that. Joss Whedon essentially has Zack Snyder's full blessing to go ahead and do this movie.
0: I okay, well, a couple things. First, I feel like there was not ever going to be a cyborg movie, but if there was, there definitely ain't now. No, no. uh, and I also want to touch on Paul asked, Was it easier to color correct the actor than to color correct the scene? Like maybe no, no, dude, they color correct everything the scene specific skin tones like the way it, color correction works and especially a situation like this ex- cyborg they color correct every individual element individually if they need to but mm. they will do like they can they'll hit skin tones specifically since skin tones are mostly a certain color range they can affect just that color range and I'm kind of individual or uh, separate of how the background gets colored um and what the accusation sounds like here is it's not just, you know, they lighten the scene. It sounds like intentionally lightening the skin tone of I'm assuming a black actor. It's weird that
2: yeah he's isn't even specifically spelled out. So like, we're assuming that maybe it's cyborg, but that's not, that's not specifically spelled out.
0: No, he said, okay, the quote was, uh, and this is a co- according to vulture.com but they're quoting him i think from that forbes article you were or mm-hmm. the interview you were talking about so apparently the final straw for him for fisher was uh he alleges joss whedon digitally altered a performer of colors skin tone in post quote what set my soul on fire and forced me to speak out about joss whedon this summer was my becoming informed that joss had ordered that the complexion of an actor of color be changed in post-production because he didn't like the color of their skin tone, the actor claims, "Quote, man, with everything, with everything's twenty, with everything twenty twenty's been that was the tipping point to me." End quote. So it sounds like this sounds like more hearsay, right? And he doesn't say who or even what movie it was necessarily. Right. Just that he heard that Joss Whedon did this and was like, "That's it, I'm gonna start spilling all my guts about." I'm going to start spilling my grievances about Joss Whedon. I'm curious as to what that would be. And then what was this other thing? Yeah, they did say Joss Whedon was handpicked by Snyder. Now that I think it doesn't, that doesn't Whedon doesn't seem like Snyder's kind he, of, no. he'd pick some auteur or somebody he viewed as an auteur. He doesn't, Whedon does not seem like somebody Snyder really would look up to. Whedon is the guy that made Avengers. The studio wanted Whedon. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Just like, you, you know, they'll do another Suicide Squad, but they want the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy because Suicide oh, for Squad sure. would be their colorful, fun, crazy movie.
1: Right. Yeah, I was going to say, their their styles are totally different, so I don't see why he would. Yeah. It, it, you know, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs>
0: Man. Okay. So part of the, re- first off we've been doing Snyder cut. So I need stories for Snyder cut. This Ray Fisher stuff is normally kind of more, it's much more gossip rumory story or uh, news than I would like to cover. But it's one of those things where, well, it's justice league related. It is kind of interesting in some of the allegations he'll say. Um,
2: and it's bolstered by the Snyder cut
0: because it's got the Snyder Cut connection, but also Joss Whedon, who, you know, no sure. self-respecting comic book or nerd-type podcast, doesn't like talking about Joss Whedon because he's made a lot of uh, stuff that nerds usually like. Especially, including us. I'm not exempting us. Yeah. Who wants to talk about Buffy for an <laughs>
2: hour? Chad's Fired, including Justice League.
1: I don't want to talk, talk about Buffy for an hour, but I will talk about Firefly for like a half hour.
0: See? We got at <laughs> least that. Yeah. Um, so like, it's and it's also one of those stories where at a certain point it's like, is this story still happening? Right. We got to do it. That's how Snyder St- Snyder Watch even started because it's like, there's still news coming out, right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. It's I I guess it's kind of interesting. If more than anything, I I feel like it's interesting to see what the studio reaction will be or has cool. been, and also interesting to see what ray fisher's career will look like Mm -hmm. the problem is everyone's career is kind of destroyed right now because movies aren't a thing anymore for the most part they are but not really um i don't know
2: it's time to move to animated he's forced he's forced an investigation on warner brothers so
0: they're not going to want to work with him again i mean that
2: eliminates them likely likely um (laughs) And then other big, you know, production companies are probably going to see that and be like, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you I don't, know, I'm not saying that's right, but
0: no, I was going to say I don't, I don't. Okay, so I don't feel like either of these scenarios are are proper. But do you think this is going to have a bigger impact on his career, or do you think in this one I don't think even compares? It's different because
1: he's, he's this- going to end up like a weatherman, dude, or not even a weatherman. He's going to be like a weatherman's assistant.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a direct. Essentially, essentially, I'm sure they view it as a direct attack on his employers. Mm-hmm. And whether you're right, companies generally don't like it when you go after them.
2: <laughs> what um, he he personally sees it as, as as trying to tear down old Hollywood.
1: Right. right What well, she should do, but right. Remember, yeah just get stitches. <laughs> so true.
0: it's true. <laughs> I, to be Not, fair though, <laughs> martyrs do die. <laughs> now it's kind of now is the time yeah. to do it though yeah yeah yeah, yeah hollywood's hurting right. it uh, politically it ties the it ties very well ties very well it, it does play very well into the current political climate yes i agree if you know now is the time to do it whereas normally it probably we wouldn't even we'd hear a couple of stories and then we just wouldn't see him working again cool. i guess with social media it's a little bit different but um i don't know it's good yeah in a sense
2: i admire him and I appreciate what he's trying to accomplish.
0: I just, I definitely worry about him. Also. Yeah. I don't know if he's, I, I worry about his career. I don't, not him personally, but I worry about his career and I should search him out. I don't even know if he's good. You can't really tell. Yeah. In, right. No, not in this movie. I, <laughs> they don't give him seemed, enough. No. Yeah. He seemed okay. Yeah. They don't give him anything. He seemed what you, when you see him, he's moop, he's mopey, which means it's probably, that's probably uh Zack Snyder stuff.
2: Could have been a Nick Cage role,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you don't see him like Whedon. I don't think give him a whole lot. No, I I remember one of the stories you read. He was upset about the booyah scene, or he wanted he, about there was an argument that they wanted him to say booyah, and he's like, "I'm not saying that." Yeah, <laughs> but which <laughs> normally I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I get it," but also, yeah. if it weren't for the fact that apparently booyah is like kind of a pullover from his the character in Teen titans go or whatever it is oh
2: yeah i I was just gonna ask is it is it relevant to the character
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah only in that case i don't know that it's necessarily a comic book thing Mm -hmm. right it definitely doesn't seem like something snyder would push for no Mm -hmm. and if it was totally out of nowhere i'd be like yeah it is a little weird being the one black superhero in there and they're like you need to say booyah
1: yeah. <laughs> First right. off, You're no
0: right. one says that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me also a little bit of a, a something I was reading recently about um, little brother, which is a term I like. But, you know, big brother is the idea of the government's always watching, watching you and keeping yeah. track of everything. And now we have the technology where the everyday man can do the same thing, can track the government and record them and keep track of what's happening. And report on them to the public, and I love that idea. And this kind of reminds me of that a little bit, right? Yeah, no,
0: I, yeah, I like that. I like that for sure.
1: Yeah, and actually, it's the the whole article was actually about facial recognition recognition software that they're using on officers um, that refuse to identify themselves. So, so it gets a little bit deeper into the the whole you know government and political aspect of it, but. So, you know, it, it's the same kind of premise, the surveillance on, on the government. And I'm kind
0: of all for that. Yeah. I mean, if the technology's there, they're doing it to us anyway. Oh, right. Might as well take a page from their playbook. So somebody's got to keep people.
2: All things get, being equal. Check.
1: Mm-hmm. All
2: men created equal. Oh, oh, that's just the constitution.
1: Yeah. It should, it should be all people, by the way. Fair enough. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm good. Oh I wait, think we did it. I think we did it. Right. But
1: no, I didn't. What you... Yeah. What should we be made about? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. How long have I been muted? <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know. You guys uh, have
0: kept talking. I, I don't think that I've hit any awkward moments, so I think we're good.
1: Okay. Um, I'll go something simple and easy just to get through it. Um, there's water on the moon. We kind of knew that, but now we know for for sure. We know there's water on the moon.
0: Are you sure it wasn't just? A, sorry. Are you sure it wasn't just a water bottle left like on Game of Thrones? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> left <there>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah! <No>. a Starbucks
0: <laughs> cup or something. on the moon when they were you know filming the moon.
1: No, they they used some kind of spectrometry. You know what I mean? Uh, spectrometry. I the specter.
2: They, that's how they, they knew that winter was coming.
1: Right. Uh, and now they know for sure. Like before they were like, oh, it looks a little icy. And now they're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely frozen water. So it's 100%. We know for sure it's frozen water on the moon. That doesn't really help us at all. But it's there. So I guess if we're thirsty, we can go to the moon.
2: <laughs> it's a thirst trap now. <laughs> that's how yeah. they work, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. well I, you know my other option was a, a a quantum time twist to schrodinger's cat and that's way more than i want to get into tonight so you can look it up on your own if you want but
2: <laughs> or not we won't know it'll be schrodinger's cat until next
1: time yeah it's a well it's, it's a mixture of the, the the whole schrodinger's cat um what do they call that uh, entanglement along with the uh, relativity. A uh, time travel bit of Einstein and mixing the two together. So interesting concept. Too much to explain right now.
0: Paul says CGI James Dean left it on the moon, talking about water. And Maddie D says f and <laughs> f and Neil Armstrong Armstrong left a water bottle on the moon.
1: Fun. I would too. Well, if I was if I was an astronaut and I had the capacity, which would have to be like some extra extension in my suit, I would like pee my name into the moon.
2: See, I think it's I think it's super funny that like Neil Armstrong went all the way to the moon and he's like, I better I better bring this in case I get thirsty. One like, clink, single clink water clink. Oh, I can't <laughs> even drink this here. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I can't even drink this in this suit. I hate right. this place. I'm going home.
1: Yeah.
2: Neil, Ar- <laughs> Neil Armstrong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this
1: teaches us that we need water drinking holes. And P <laughs> extension in our astronaut seats from now
0: on. Yeah. Water in, yeah. water out. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So. This place um, is dumb. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's wrap, let's wrap this up. Also, tiny tunes is getting new. There's a new tiny Toons coming. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And also Daniel Harris, who was in uh, several of the Halloween movies. She was the little girl in what? Four, four and five. Uh-huh. Uh, she's directing a female centric slasher titled sequel.
1: Mm-hmm. I've seen her something as an adult. And she was pretty decent.
0: She was also in the Halloween remakes, mm-hmm. um, as a different character.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unicorn Warriors Eternal HBO Max and Cartoon Network order supernatural animated series from oh, Tart- yeah. Tart- Tart- Tartakovsky. That's why I Gen- put it on there. Gen D. Like, Tartakovsky. What? what about Primal? Where's Primal? I want more Primal. It's there's like HBO half Max. a season on there. They did yeah, six episodes. Oh left it on kind of a cliffhanger, and then, well, we'll finish it later.
2: He kind of just does what he wants, man. He like He's like, I'll start some Samurai Jack.
1: I'm tired of these I'll geniuses. Stuff. These genius cartoonists gotta stop doing this to us. It's not fair. Oh, God, he's Finch so good, too. God.
0: It's hard to be mad at them, but at least don't... If you're like, okay. yeah, I'm gonna take a break, don't leave any of it on cliffhangers because you probably aren't coming back to it
1: playing with my emotions
0: okay no just no better
2: yeah. or get Guillermo del toro to finish it <laughs>
1: <laughs> right he's not
2: gonna do your movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, do you know who TV. <gasps>
0: right he's dude, Guillermo del toro <laughs> patch to a million Man, projects i feel like we we've just, just ever patchworked
2: them? everything we love into this one episode <laughs>
0: Most of Hollywood's really. out of work, except for those two dudes. The they're case. just making everything now. Disney owns it all and they're making it all. Gilmo's just attached to
2: it. He's not doing anything. <laughs> they, they don't know where he's at, to be honest. No.
0: But like he said it, he'd do it. He said he'd do it. He keeps he keeps signing the check. So I'm assuming he <laughs> signed on.
2: Six months before this start. Yeah, he's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wrote a few things though. Oh wow. Was that Guillermo? I've never met him before. Yeah, that's the last time you'll see him. He just picked up his check. We won't see you here yeah. from him again.
1: He, he's in Vegas with Johnny Depp. He wrote a, a few last, things aka his name guy, on the
2: check.
0: I don't listen. I'm not saying Guillermo del Toro is just like a guy that shows up for his check at all. But in this scenario it's pretty funny. Yeah. Boy, yeah. <laughs> <Wattiti.
2: laughs> man. Yeah, that's a mashup that needs to happen. Be be the ultimate. The visuals of Guillermo with uh TT's uh just comedic sensibilities can uh-huh. you imagine
0: he's a pretty good storyteller too like his stories are usually structured pretty well and mm-hmm. interesting but yeah his com- the, yeah mm-hmm. i'm down what was the last Gearmo thing i saw i think it might did he do that first robot jocks mm-hmm. it's not robot jocks it's uh pacific rim he did that first one right yes the first one yeah robot jocks <laughs> i mean that's like if if pacific rib was a 1980s low budget charles band movie which is exactly what robot jocks is it would be robot jocks
1: no robot jocks is the one with um the guy that played wolverine and his kid Uh, what's that one
0: called no i don't think it is but it's that is real steel yeah real real steel real steel is like somebody heard the title robot jocks they're like what's that about giant robots I have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so the robot Let's call so it like,
2: Steel. And they're like, no, that's a movie starring Shaq about kind of a Superman a- analog. Let's call it Real Steel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the real Ghostbusters, that kind of scenario. <laughs>
2: right,
0: right. Like it's really not, no one's suing you yet. <laughs> uh, Who are these people in our imaginations these scenarios? <laughs> <laughs> they're not hired. <laughs> They're all fired. They're bad. We'll <laughs> replace them with Guillermo del Toro and Takawatini. Yeah. And CGI James Dean. And CGI James Dean in every scene. Yeah. And Zach Snyder, but he's only going to come in for the reshoots and stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: His cut. His cut. <laughs> he's going to get his cut.
0: <laughs> I want to see Thor Ragnarok, the Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really don't. Like, Was he ever attached to it? No,
2: but I need that cut.
0: I should no Avengers Snyder cut. Oh mm. my That's God. what I want to say that. Mm. that he'll get his That's revenge. That's snake eating its tail there. He'll he'll get his revenge. <laughs> Sorry. Paul said Paul said you know I'll, I'll take that. Paul says check out our Patreon over at garlxpodcast.com. That's g-r-a-w-l-i-x podcast.com. I said I hear it in my sleep. I think Paul's ready for us to end the show. So when the when
1: <laughs> when our listeners
0: enough. are doing our closing things, it's time to end it. So, hey everybody, thanks for listening, thanks for watching. Uh, Jesse, Melanie, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, I, and thank me for joining you.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, thank
0: you. Thank us. Yeah. And hey, have a good Halloween. I'm not sure when this will hit the podcast feed. Hopefully not late like it's been the last couple of weeks that nobody's mentioned. So good.
2: Hopefully it's a treat
0: for you and not a trick. Right. Yeah. Um. I kind of, yeah, I kind of want to <laughs> push this before Halloween. But then again, like we just talked about Nick Cage the whole episode. So it's not really Halloween essential. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: It's going to be a trick. It is
2: It is bad for your health, like too much candy. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> and yeah. we co- only come in large doses, it seems. So yeah. uh, that's what she said. Have a good Halloween. Check out the T-Vogue store. We're, wear back. a mask under your mask if you're doing things. I feel like a lot of people aren't doing things. Some people are.
1: Wear a mask under your mask and scare some kids when you take it off.
0: That's right. And uh, go eat a bunch of candy, even though you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's good for your soul.
1: And and when you end up fat and greasy like Nick
0: Cage. Like (laughs) a three-day ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Title of the episode, three-day ride.
0: Oh, that's great. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Three-day ride. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Grawlix Nights, our special weekly live Grawlix podcast series. If you've been enjoying this, be sure to check out com slash live to find out where and when to listen to the next live episode. Currently, Thursdays at 8pm Central Time on facebook.com slash growlixpodcast. podcast.
1: <laughs> old, old daddy tight.